what the mistake was. You sold your parents' house at that time, thinking you had made the right decision. And now looking back, that home was you sold it at how much? Uh, we sold for like two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. And now, what, what do you think the market value is? Um, I did look at it. it was like maybe four fifty. Yeah. So you're probably hitting your chest. I'm like, ah, 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 right? Well, you were young, you didn't know financially which way's up, which way's down, but you still made a financial decision that was a very important financial decision, but you didn't recognize it at the time. And you didn't have a, you didn't have any guidance. You were you were made to make that decision on your own. Uh, your your sister and your brother didn't really give much support in terms of discussing it through and uh, you didn't have a financial planner to uh, to use as something that's a sounding board how's my financial health doc welcome to the financial literacy podcast for healthcare professionals where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. Good morning, everybody. We are here joined with uh, Micaela, a good friend of mine. Uh, let me introduce Micaela. She's uh, a nurse that I work with and we've been working for the last four years. That's what she mind me because she's been in practice for four years. So uh, welcome to the show, Micaela. Hi, uh, I'm Micaela. I'm actually, I actually been in practice for eight years. Um, uh, so I finished nursing school at uh, 2012. Uh, I work as an eMERGE nurse in uh, the GTA. Um, uh, currently right now, um, I also did some travel nursing in Australia for about a year, and then I came back uh, in 20, uh, sorry, 2020, uh, when the pandemic hit. Uh, so um, yeah, so, and I have like, I live with my, so my parents live with me, um, same with my fiance. Uh, I own a condo, a two bedroom condo in, in Toronto. Okay, thank, thank you. I thought, I thought uh, you said four years, but you've been working longer. Yeah, uh, we've just been working together for four years. So uh, tell us a little bit about what financial mistake you think you've made uh, and then explain the, the background of the story of how that happened. OK, one of the financial mistakes, I, I, like maybe one major financial mistake I made when I was um, so I graduated 2012 and my my folks had some financial issues with paying off the mortgage when I was uh, much younger. And at some point uh, they got into major debt where they couldn't really pay off the mortgage. They were just paying, they're just not really paying it off, like just um, monthly. So me and my, my sister, we, we thought like the best option for, for my, our folks is to sell, sell their home. And uh, we actually bought, we both bought a condo um, and we thought like, um, that that would be the best option for them is to sell their house so that they don't have any debt by a pre-built condo. So I think uh, which is affecting my decisions now in terms of life. 
so yeah, I think I, I only thought at, at that time was selling my parents' home would be the best option financially for them and uh, for, the, for, for us as well to help them out. So the scenario right now is you are in a condo that you bought recently, uh, that your parents are living with you, uh, but also your fiancé. Yeah. So both yourself, your fiancé, and your parents are now living in this condo in the GTA, and it's a fairly small condo, so it's very tight. Uh, and this happened because you guys had to sell your parents' townhome at the time. And this was from the fact that um, there was debt issues and also retirement questions about how retirement would look like for your parents. So the decision at the time was, let's sell the townhouse to get out of debt, have some money, uh, and then deal with that. And you on your side say, okay, now that I'm uh, engaged, I'm going to live with my fiance, but then your parents are now homeless. <laughs> yeah. And so now they're living with you because your sister is in uh, Hawaii. Yeah. Correct. And so now you're in a scenario where uh, all four of you are very tight in a, in a condo and you're still trying to figure out uh, how to manage now the living situation. Uh, is it to buy a new condo or is it to buy another home? And, and all these questions because you and your fiance are also thinking of moving to another province to find a better job. So that also comes into play. Am I correct so far, Michaela? Uh, yep, you're correct. So the question that you're thinking is, well, maybe it was not a best decision to sell the townhouse, your parents' townhouse. So you're now, you're now wondering, maybe we should not have done that. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it just makes a bit more things more complicated um, yeah. trying to factor them in yeah so let's uh let's go back into history a little bit and just uh again no details just a little bit of background of how this came about and and what led us to the decision mm -hmm. um so at the time i was just i was the beginning of my career i didn't know what to do really with study income and I thought like, okay, well, I have time. I'm just starting my career. I have steady income. I can definitely help out my parents. And so we were dealing with this debt issue with, my, with our parents for a while. And it seemed like it wasn't getting solved. Um, so my, me and my sister actually met up with, um, with my parents with a bankruptcy consultant. We crushed some numbers, and uh, the main thing was he was recommending not to file for bankruptcy for our, for our parents. Um, he was saying that the best option would probably for them to sell their property, and then they would not have any debt. So we thought that was our only option to do. The condo, when the condo was built, another issue came up was that my sister was going to get um, my sister was getting married. Uh, she was getting married to an American, so she ended up actually moving to the U.S. But at that same time, was like around the same time the condo was built and closing costs were coming in. I had, I had enough time to save for the condo. It was a pre-built condo. It took like four years to, build, to be built because I, I bought it 2014 and then it was finally built 2018. So it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of time to save up for it. Um, at the time, condos were way more affordable in terms of the market here in Toronto. So I was like, okay, I was still fine to pay for the condo, pay for the closing costs, and just let my sister off. Um, 
and I would just pay off whatever she paid. And I didn't feel the financial burden at that time. Like I didn't feel like, oh, I can't handle this. Like this is our, this is totally okay. So there was no stressor for me to like think more about it. It was, I was financially okay. I was just kind of, yeah, I was, it was, to, it was totally fine in terms of that. Cause I just had to think about me and my, and my parents. So that was the main reason why we sold their, um, their townhouse was because it didn't feel like it was a burden to us. Um, if anything, it would help them out and try to make them refocus on how to save for retirement and how to plan their retirement. Because uh, my parents at that time, my, my mom was working two jobs and my dad was working one job. And it seemed like they didn't really have time to talk and discuss about uh, their financial issues. Yeah. And, and my sister, and at that time when I bought, when we bought the condo, I thought it was going to be for sure thing. Me and my sister were going to, was going to carry out the plan. And when I sold the house for, for my parents, it was around the same time the condo was built. So I didn't want to be, be paying for the condo and also financially helping them with their property. I thought that would have been a burden to me. Yeah, so that was one of the main reasons why we also sold it. Um, but one, I guess one of the major issues that I didn't do around that time where, uh, is, was, to, was talk to my sister and my brother about like how we all can help, help them out in, in terms of uh, their financial troubles uh, without, without selling the townhouse. Because I, only th- I, I personally thought that was the only option. So let me just uh, clarify a little bit so that we are on the same page. So at the time, uh, dealing with the debt issue, dealing with parents retiring, your sister was still here, your brother was still here. And to deal with the issue, you consulted a bankruptcy advisor who said, don't go bankrupt, just sell the con, just sell the townhouse. You guys should be fine at that time. Um, and when that happened, you got the money. And then from that money, uh, you gave it to your parents and now your parents has a retirement plan. That's, yes. That was the objective. Yeah. You on your side were able to save enough for the closing costs and the down payment of this new condo. Mm-hmm. Right now, the situation is where you now have your parents living with you in this very small tight space and now having to figure out, okay, what to do next because you can't live in this tight space with you and your fiance anymore. It's it's become uh, sort of a challenge. So had you not sold the house, it would be very different right now. Your parents would be in the townhome right now, I'm assuming, and you and your fiance would be in your condo, which would be a, a much better living situation. Mm-hmm. And also gives you a little bit more freedom to move around the country because you can either rent the condo or sell out the condo. But right now you can't do that because your parents are in there. So just to give us some context, uh, when you sold the townhouse in 2018, I believe, how much uh, was it sold for? Um, So my parents bought it for around 150. Um, it didn't, it wasn't in a good neighborhood. So at that time it only was sold for 200,000 and mind you, we lived there for like 15 plus years. I didn't think like it didn't, to me, it didn't, I didn't think like it was going to go up any higher because for 15 years, it only went up 50,000. 
okay, there's no point in waiting. I, I, we should just sell it because it's not making much anyways. So you had free rent for 15 years. Let's just call it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and you made an extra 50,000. But the house, the mortgage on the house was, let's just say, still 150. Your, bar, your parents bought it for 150, didn't really make any payment to it. So there was no equity in the house. Uh, and so at the end of the day, when you guys sold it, the mortgage was still, let's say, 150, right? And so you had a mortgage of, of 150 on the house. And I'm assuming 2018, the, the interest rate was still low. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that at that point, the monthly payments for the, for the mortgage would have been still relatively low. Let's just call it 1500 to $2,000. And I'm not even sure it's going to be that high with a mortgage of 150 You've just today checked <laughs> how much that townhouse would be worth right now today. What is it worth now? It's uh, 450K, which is way different from what <laughs> we sold it for. I wish we kind of kept it. Right. So in three years, so it, it didn't go up in, the, in 15 years, yeah. but within three years, it more than doubled. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like crazy. <laughs> which is crazy, right? And I bet you that it is in the area that is going through some gentrification, I'm assuming, for mm-hmm. that value to go up that high. I did look into it and they are going through some re- regenerative, yeah, basically the neighborhood's fully changing. Um, it's going through a ma- major change. Yeah. yeah, so value of the house has gone really high. And so you're like, oh, I'm regretting this because I could have kept the townhouse uh, and now have a value of 450 and God knows what it will be next year and the year after that. Mm-hmm. So you said something that was important was at the time of decision, you didn't really chat with your sister and your brother in depth because uh, why, why do you think that happened? What was the issue? I'm sure that as a nurse uh, and also, I don't know what your sister and your brother do, but I'm sure between the three of you could manage a more a monthly payment of let's say a thousand five hundred or even two thousand, which is probably overinflated. But let's just say a thousand to a thousand five hundred. Between the three of you, had it been that amount, do you think that you could have all three chipped in, and and it wouldn't have been too much of a stretch? Um, yeah, I definitely think we we could have all. I think we could have definitely all. We all have like good jobs. Um, uh, my brother is a cop. My sister's an accountant. I'm a nurse, like, and we're all young. And I thought, I don't know, at the time, my sister was just getting married. So I didn't want to stress her out with this because I know she's planning her wedding. She's, um, she's planning her new life with her partner. I just wanted her to focus that and be in in that situation. And around the same time, like my, my brother was also going through stuff with his wife in terms of uh, her being sick, um, him being focused more on being with her and not I didn't really want I didn't want to to me like and then I was thinking about my situation around that time there was no stressors for me so I was like okay I can handle this they have their stressors right now so I didn't really talk to them about it so which if anything I just told them hey this is what we're gonna do um what do you guys think like it was not even it was a very like very relaxed conversation I I didn't say like oh I need advice I just said this is what we're gonna do do you have any thoughts um, and they're like, yeah, I think that sounds, they both agree. They think like that sounded um, good, full, foolproof kind of a plan. 
Um, my brother actually had um, a real estate agent who was like, he was close friends with um, from high school that she, she was the one who also helped us sell the house. Like they were kind of in it in terms of uh, going through with the plan, but it was more like I, I said the plan and they agreed with it. And that's just how it happened, yeah. So now looking back, obviously, 2020 vision with hindsight, now looking back, if you were had to relive it again, how would you do it differently now? I, I think at that situation, because of such a major decision, we should have, um, we should have, I should have got a financial planner because I feel like um, it would help with my parents in terms of how they want to plan their retirement. Uh, it would kind of put me and my sister and my brother in a situation where our parents are actually telling us exactly what needs to be paid off and how it needs to be paid off um, just to crush actual numbers instead of just consulting a bankruptcy consultant because they only knew they, the bankruptcy consultant only knows about bankruptcy and how, how to do bankruptcy and how to avoid it. Um, I think we actually should have invested our time in speaking to a, fin a financial advisor who would probably aware us of the whole situation and planning it and, and actually planning out what to do next, like what steps to do next. So had you, one, had a planner, two, had more details on, let's say, the numbers and the financials, do you think that your decision, your decision would have been different and not sell the townhome? Now looking back, obviously. Yeah, like I'm not one to ever like go back on a decision, but I like to reflect on it. Um, I definitely think if I had to do it in a different way, if I had more, um, I, I probably would have got a financial advisor and I probably, I, we probably wouldn't have sold the condo yet because when when we, when I did, when we, oh, sorry, when we sold, sold their townhouse, because when you did sell their townhouse, I was also kind of, disappointed that they only got like 50k out of it I was like really like out of all of this 15 years they only got 50k and um that was a big that was um something that I was not expecting at all when we sold it I definitely think we, I would have I would have not tried to convince my parents to sell their house at that time so one thing you learned out of this was uh that was an important financial decision you were left to make that decision on your own, uh, probably because you felt, well, you were the one that's the less dressed in life at that time. And your sister was going through something and your brother was going through something. And you felt, well, you know what, I can, I can handle this. I can handle this, not a problem. Um, but now looking back, you're thinking, uh, maybe I should have had a more in-depth discussion with them yeah. and have a, have a family discussion instead knowing more of the details and having more alternatives. Mm -hmm. And that would have included, uh, including a financial advisor or financial planner. Yes. Yeah. So how would you say your financial knowledge was at that time? Was it uh, very low? Was it moderate? Was it good? Did you recognize that you needed help or you felt like everything was fine and you can handle it. Now looking back, obviously. 
-hmm. it's always better 2020 hindsight yeah. but now looking back what are your thoughts on that it was good it wasn't like i was a full beginner um i made sure to like get life insurance i made sure to have savings i never really went into full like debt into it where like i was paying off i was trying to pay off the mortgage and i was work like i was working extra hours i was not working extra hours to try to pay it off i think it was good but i but it could have been better because there was that big knowledge gap on how that decision could affect my life now yeah so now, like now i have a financial like planner and so that's why it made me reflect like that was what what was missing at the time in my when i started off So at the time, did you recognize that or you only recognize it now because you have a financial planner now? Um, oh, yeah, I definitely only recognize it now. Like I, I thought like at that time, that was the only decision I had. I had I, the only choice I had. And I was like, that's the only choice I have to go that route. So, no, at that time, I, I didn't think really think about it like that. I needed one. Like an, I needed an advisor. So now you say you have one. Um, so how many months or how many years have you been working with one? Um, so I've been working with him for about two years now. The only reason I actually, it wasn't because I wanted a financial uh, planner. It was more that I needed somebody cause I was working in Australia at that time. And I was like, okay, taxes are going to be way more complicated. I don't know how to do it. I probably need to speak to, um, to, to an accountant, but also probably um, more than just an accountant uh, in terms of dealing with now that I now that I have uh, a condo, like that I have to pay off the condo. So yeah, that's so about two, so 2019, I think. yeah, 2019. So it's 2020. So about two to three years now I've had him. And um, he really puts things in perspective in terms of not just having one choice in decisions. Like, he would kind of break things down and gives you a bunch of choices and then and kind of lays it, lays it out and explains each decision if I were to do it, which kind of opens my eyes in terms of, um, of actually having choices and being knowledgeable in them and uh, making the right decision, knowing, um, knowing the, the consequences or the benefits um, to actually like see kind of more than just what's present, but what can happen in the future. You know, um, financial advice. And for us, uh, because we're in healthcare, like we, there's a reason why we're in healthcare is because we want to become healthcare professionals, right? You and I, nursing school and med school did not teach us the fundamentals, nor even the, the sophistication of finance. So obviously we don't know this but yet we think we need to make these decisions on our own. Uh, it's like me telling a patient, you know, uh, go diagnose your own pneumonia and go buy your own antibiotic, which is what people do in China and other countries where antibiotics are off uh, or OTC off the counter. But in Canada and westernized countries and sophisticated countries, we obviously don't do this, right? We go, we go see a nurse, we go see a nurse practitioner, a doctor, we tell our story, and then the healthcare professional is there to give us what they think the diagnosis 
option A, B, C, what are the pros and cons of each, and what are the long-term consequences of each? Mm -hmm. As an example, if you take antibiotics now for a cold, first of all, it won't help. Two, you may have an anaphylactic reaction. Three, you will have adverse effects. And over the long run, you will develop antibiotic resistance, right? So that's what you should look for and also C. difficile and whatnot. So in medicine, we understand that, like it's second nature to us. Yeah. But, yet, but yet when it comes to finance, we're like, yeah, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, without thinking, uh, wait a minute, what are the long-term repercussion of this? Yeah. And so it's very strange that we don't think that way outside of medicine, mm-hmm. right? You and I will think that way inside medicine, inside healthcare, but when it comes to financial matters, when it comes to uh, legal matters, when it comes to investment matters, we don't think that way. We don't, we don't go out and seek advice. And so let me ask you this. What do you think were the factors at that time for you to not go seek advice? What do you think that was? To be honest, I think it's because I wasn't stressed out. I felt like at that time I wasn't stressed out about it. Um, if I, and then the reason why I, like, if I was stressed out about it, I think I would seek more help. Um, and I think that's just a major reason because the only reason why I looked for a financial advisor when I was away, when I was away in Australia was because I needed somebody that I could trust um, to help like be in, in Toronto and give me like good advice in terms of my next step because I actually had no clue what to do next. Um, and I, so that stressed me out. So I was just like, oh, now I really don't know what to do. I had no, I was thinking about it over and over again. I didn't have a... I didn't have any like any plan what to do with with the condo and what would I do if I come back to Toronto and I live in my parents and we don't actually like we don't mesh together again. So that was that was trying to starting to stress me out. So that's why I looked for a financial planner. But at that time, I wasn't stressed out. I was like, oh, I'm young in my career. I'm making good money. I have savings. Um, So I was like, oh, I can do this. Like. I was like, yep, I can do this. I'm enjoying my career. And like, yeah, I just didn't have any like financial like literacy. I thought, okay, like I saved enough money to pay off the condo. That's a, that's a pretty, to, to pay off the more, to like pay off a good chunk of the mortgage. I was like, oh, that's pretty good for a young, young 20s, young 20, 28 year old female. Um, so I was like starting to compare myself to other people. I'm like, oh, I have a condo. I pay, I'm paying it off well. I'm traveling to do travel nursing in Australia at the same time. Like I wasn't, I, I felt like I wasn't in a bad situation. So I guess I was naive. Like I was like, oh, I can do this. Like I don't need to pay for a financial advisor. I don't need to waste money to pay for one. So let me, okay. So let me summarize this. So one major factor, at least for you was, I can do this. I'm not stressed out. I can handle this. Let me put a few factors that I'm thinking of, and you let me know whether that was somewhat contributing or not. Okay. So one of them is the cost, because you said, I don't want to waste money on a financial planner at the time. So do you think that a cost would be an issue? Um, I don't need to spend this money. I can do it. I, I should just keep my money and not pay someone. Do you think that would have been a factor, at least 
subconsciously? Oh, yeah. I'm, um, I try, I like, when I spend on something, I try to do the least amount of spending <laughs> uh, first. So that's one of the major reasons why I definitely didn't look into a financial advisor. Um, so I was like, I can do their, I can do somewhat of their job, like the, the bare minimum of it and feel like I'm not stressed out. So uh, yeah, so no, for sure, like the cost of it, I was just like, no, I, I don't think I need to pay them this much to, to plan this out. Okay. So it's like a patient saying, I don't need to see Dr. Tran. I, you know what? I can just buy this antibiotic. No problem. Right. So that's the equivalent in, in medicine. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, do you think that the factor of, I don't know what I don't know came into play because now you know the repercussions of your actions. Now you know it, mm-hmm. but at the time you obviously didn't. So do you think that you did not know what you did not know? And that, again, you, you did not recognize that. Do you think that was a factor, not a factor, or you think you knew at least a little bit? Yeah, I thought, like, I thought I knew what I was getting into, um, but I really did not know what I was getting into. Like, I didn't know that the year that I bought the condo would be, like, I would, would the year after I'd be engaged and wanting to get married, have my own space and not actually live with my, live with my parents. Um, I thought I'd be okay to live in, in like live with my parents. Um, but then I didn't factor in another person. So (laughs) like, I honestly didn't know any of that stuff that, okay, I'm going to get married soon. And I like having my own space with my fiance. I like living on my own, um, and having own privacy. So Yeah, no, I didn't know any of that stuff. Like, I actually didn't think about getting married at all, like, uh, and trying to plan a life with somebody else. Now that you have the guidance, and now that you're working with a financial planner, just out of curiosity, uh, how much is it? Is it, is it, very expensive is it inexpensive but the more important thing that i want to ask is does it provide you value regardless of price i guess like one of the so i'm actually one of the lucky ones with with a financial advisor this financial advisor is also like a family friend of my one of my friends who's like basically like another a parent uh to me but um so in the beginning he was just giving me advice he was just giving me advice and like doing my taxes in Australia. Um, but the more that I, I, I talk to him, I keep on telling him, you need to tell me exactly how much I have to pay you. Cause I think I value what valued advice you're giving me and, and how much work you're putting into, um, into planning this for not only for me, but he's also been helping with my, my parents, like, and he's been helping with my, my fiance and, his financial stuff with his parents. Um, so he hasn't actually given us like a full number yet. Um, but I we're having a meeting like sometime next week. And I said, I said to him that like, you like, we would like to pay in terms of um, in terms of the advice you're giving us, because we actually want to do a full on full on like plan uh, for the next five years. So I don't actually know what 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 he he's actually charging, like full out. And I think I'm blessed in that situation. 
Um, but I really do, I keep on stressing to him like he needs, because he's a professional and I'm a professional. And I think the work we do as healthcare professionals and the work he does is very, is, should be, it's very valued like um, in terms of that. Um, and so, yeah, like, I don't know how much he usually charges though, but I definitely think like whatever he is, he, he, he's going to charge. Like, I think it's worth it. He always says, Oh, don't worry. I'll give you like a nursing discount or whatever. Um, but um, um, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter what, how much he charges. I think he's benefit a lot, like in this past year alone, uh, two years alone, like he's helped out plan my parents um, retirement. He's helped me put into perspective of, also like helping my fiance's parents uh, retirement and in terms of some financial issues, my, my, my fiance, um, like decisions he made in the past that he wished he didn't do. So like, and, and that was just in a year alone, like he helped out four major people and uh, like four, sorry, my parents, his parents, my fiance and me, like, and that's, that's amazing. In the past two years, I've all, how much financial issues we've had over our basically like our whole life yeah he's very i'm very fortunate in uh and being able to connect with him yeah i think you mentioned it like you're a professional i'm a professional we're all professionals and we find value in what we provide mm -hmm. because at the end of the day at the day what i and you provide are is information is mm -hmm. knowledge right mm -hmm. if i'm gonna if you're gonna do xyz things here's how you're going to benefit from it from a health perspective and how here's how you're going to not benefit from it and make things work from a health perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And the patient don't know what they don't know. And they do things that harm themselves and they don't know that they're harming themselves. Mm -hmm. That's the medical part of things. The financial part of things is we do things. We think we're going to do them because we're going to look up Google finance yeah. the same, the same way our patients look up Dr. Google right? Mm -hmm. And they look up Dr. Google and they think they know, or we look up finance Google and we think we know, and we do something and we don't recognize we're harming ourselves down the way, mm -hmm. down the line. And 20 years later, 30 years later, or in your case, two years later, <laughs> you realize, oh, uh, I shouldn't have done that. Having that professional advice is definitely valuable, I think. And really it depends on how much it costs. Right now you don't know, but at least you find value in the information because it really resolved that first question is you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And having someone to guide you through that is important. So if you were to wrap this up and say, based on this story that you've given us, what are the, let's say three key points you've learned out of this now, three years later? Um, three key points, I guess starting my career and having like a steady income, I should already had a financial planner at that point to kind of like open my eyes in terms of what my plan is for the next five years and the five years after to know what to do really with my, with my money. Another second point is actually having an in-depth conversation with my brothers and my sisters. Um, just cause we both were, we both were in professions and steady income and we, we probably as a whole could have done something together. Yeah, no, I think that's a very important point because we, we tend to not talk about finances. I say it all the time in my podcast, 
speaking about finance is a taboo topic. Yeah, it's like it's like nobody wants to really talk about it. No, everybody has preoccupations about it, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And and even among siblings, we don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But when we have major decisions like this, it is important to talk about it. And you know, we don't talk about it among spouses either, uh, which is also another another taboo topic within a marriage, right? Yeah. But most marriages end because of financial issues. Yeah. But we never talk about it. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. And go on with the third one, which is the third key point you've learned. Um, I guess I, w- I think the third point was just, I was, I was naive. Like, like I just, I think I, I, I don't know how, if naive is the right word or I just, I, I was closed minded maybe and in a way, like I thought I knew what I was doing. I don't, I don't really know. what. The no, I, I don't think you were closed minded. I think, I think like everybody else, um, and including our patients, mm-hmm. uh, we get information from our neighbor, our friends, our cousin, mm-hmm. the bus driver that takes us to work. You know, we get information here and there, and then we try to make the best decision that we can. Mm-hmm. But we don't recognize that to make an important decision like that, we need professionals, or we need someone who actually know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. and and we make a lot of our decisions like that we we don't ask the appropriate person we ask her neighbor or we ask the, the guy in the grocery store mm-hmm. more than we ask a professional and yeah. so it's not it's not unusual we do that all the time <laughs> yeah. um, but I think the lesson you've learned is yeah you know for important decisions like that maybe I should you know find out more and and find out what my options are as opposed to listening to people who don't really know my situation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and I honestly I didn't really know where to look for a proper financial advisor that's I think everybody can can, there's a lot of claims of who a financial advisor is like people who sell you insurance and when I bought life and when I bought life insurance in the beginning I did get screwed over with like an advisor yeah yeah unfortunately it happens a lot yeah it happens a lot uh, among us healthcare professionals because we are easy targets mm-hmm. uh, simply because we don't know. We don't know this stuff. We don't take the time to learn about it. Mm-hmm. It's a taboo topic. So we don't talk about it among family and among friends and mm-hmm. colleagues. Mm-hmm. We just know we need life insurance or we just know we need this insurance and that insurance. And, mm-hmm. you know, someone is more than happy to make money off our backs. Exactly. And, and so we, we are easy targets with a big, big round target sign behind her back. Yeah, which is surprising. I thought, I thought when you, the older you get, the more like you will understand, like you just, or you would, you would get more support regarding what to do with your money now instead of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just had no clue in the beginning. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of us, like you say, uh, get wiser over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of us do, some of us never do. But you know what, we get wiser because we've made the mistakes. But the problem is the mistakes that we've made will cost us potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And so if I made a small mistake, and but it ends up being, you know, a half a million or million dollars 20 years from now, I really don't want to make that mistake, right? Because it, it, there's no time to recuperate that. So I, I say to people, you know, dumb people don't learn from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. smart people learn from their own mistakes mm-hmm. wise people learn from others mistakes yeah oh yeah i didn't i didn't really think about it that way yeah right? that's 
So, so if you want to be wise, don't make the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Learn from someone else's mistake, mm-hmm. which is which is why the um, the reason for these podcasts and these mayor culpas mm-hmm. is to make sure that you know whoever is listening to this podcast and say, oh, I I have very similar scenarios or challenges like Michaela, mm-hmm. and by listening to this podcast from Michaela. Uh, there's a few things I learned out of it, right? And and not make that mistake. And and that's why I I love these podcasts of this format because it really helps individuals. Mm-hmm. And and first of all, I want to thank you for coming on this podcast and and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having uh, having me and uh, I guess helping me also reflect in terms of the past of the things that I that that happened and how I can better myself now. Um, yeah, so I appreciate also being on this uh, podcast with you and having this conversation. I definitely think um, it's funny because I don't even have this conversation with some of my closest friends. It's definitely like a, a definitely a taboo topic. And um, if I think the more people discuss about this, the better financially people will would be in and like don't have to overwork themselves if they just plan plan things out properly. I think your last sentence is right. And I, I've been saying this all along. If you know how to manage your money and your finances, you really don't need to work as hard. Mm-hmm. And if you don't work as hard and you, you're not going to st- overstretch yourself, there's one small or maybe one major way of dealing with burnout or even preventing burnout. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to get people to recognize that there's a clear correlation between your finances and burnout. Mm-hmm. And I think intuit- intuitively, you and I recognize this, and I think people recognize this, but people need to say it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think the major thing for me is um, I see how, how hard my parents work, and that's where it's where everything's kind of stemmed from. You can work hard, but then you could also um, you can also work smart, right? Um, Absolutely. And over the time, they didn't really talk about their financial issues because they just didn't have time. And I don't ever want that to be an issue. I think everybody should have time to reflect on important things that will affect them their whole life. I think I think what we don't do is we don't take financial health the same seriousness as we take physical health and mental health, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody knows about, you know, dealing with diabetes and high blood pressure and dealing with strokes and and dealing with cancer because we all understand the importance of physical and mental health. Mm -hmm. But people don't recognize the importance of financial health. Mm -hmm. Now, forget about financial wealth, forget about being rich, just yeah. financial health itself is important. And I think in our community, specifically healthcare community, mm-hmm. we do not recognize that at all. Mm-hmm. It's a blind spot for us. Mm-hmm. And so if we take financial health, the same seriousness as we do with physical and mental health, we would all be in a much better place, but we don't. And trying to move a community is like moving a cruise ship, right? Mm-hmm. It's very, very slow. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Michaela, for being on the show and uh, for sharing your story and your insight with us. I, I really enjoyed this discussion and I, and I hope you uh, benefited from it a little bit as well. How is my financial health, Doc? 
podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.